Hello, I am Jesse, and I am now introducing my co-host, Naomi Beatty. <laughs> Hi, I'm Naomi Beatty, and I'm introducing my sidekick, Jesse. Woo! Hello. <laughs> the song makes me go woo. You know what? I can't even do this right now. Let's slow things down a little bit. Thank you, song, but um, maybe next week. <laughs> How have you been? Uh, I've been good. How about yourself? Very good. Very, very good. What we wanted to do, is it okay if we break format? I think we should. Okay, that's what we're going to do. Let's break some format a little bit. So, uh, so far we've been doing pitch, polish, pitch, polish, pitch, polish, and movie discussions. Today we're going to stop all of that to kind of to kind of back up, ease off the throttle a little bit, and go a little bit lighter. Um, opening dialogue is going to be ways that I can improve my pitching in general, and then we're going to get into a little game, and we'll get into that game when we get into it. But what I wanted to talk about, I've got some questions for you as a recipient, a repeat recipient of my pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 the problem that's been bubbling up is that I've been getting increased affection for these pitches I do. I mean, Boogie Down Beach House USA, it's not, it, it's, it's easy to stay detached emotionally from that. But, sure. But, uh, um, you know, you end up putting time into these stories and you think like, hey, maybe some of these have potential as you're going. Um, and I was wondering if you noticed anything that I'm doing repeatedly or over the course of several pitches that could get some tweaking, any knobs, mm-hmm. anything at all, or am I absolutely perfect? Uh, well, you are perfection, oh. but <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, first I, I will say <laughs> that it depends on the circumstances of the pitch, right? Mm-hmm. That's wow. one, but we don't keep track on this one. That's only for the fishbowl. Please continue. <laughs> um, so, so for our situation, I mm-hmm. think that your pitching is great. I mean, you are, um, you know, it's an informal situation. You're not necessarily trying to sell me the idea so much as testing it out on me. Mm-hmm. So, so that's a different type of pitch and you're doing very well at that. You are presenting the concept and then sort of walking me through the shape of the story and you're doing it in a way that makes it easy to follow. I know who the characters are, especially the main character, which I think is the key to kind of drawing someone into the story. So I think all of those things are very good. Um, if you were pitching in a, in a pitching to sell sort of situation, which I think most of us would like to be pitching to sell. That's a common goal. (laughs) Right. Right. And I think if you're, if you're in that situation and you're pitching like these same ideas, um, you know, you can kind of think about it in terms of, of selling, right? Because that is Mm -hmm. really what you're trying to do. And I don't mean selling in a salesy way, or a sleazy way, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, no, no tweed suits here, <laughs> right? But I think that what you would amp up about your pitch is um, highlighting the things that are the entertainment hooks or what's really appealing about the concept. And I, and not that I think you're doing a bad job of that by any means, but in in a salesy type pitch, right? You might start with something that um, that hooks us in based on an emotion. Like if it is a scary movie, you might start with like you know, kind of almost like a teaser to your pitch, like give us the opening image of... Can I ask a quick question? Entertainment hooks, is that a standard term in the industry or is that something that... (laughs) I think it's standard in my my head. (laughs) Okay, because I like the term and and you said it with such grace that I thought like, oh, that's a word I've never heard before and now I feel like I'm ignorant of something. No, But it's a perfect term for it. Yeah, so I, I use the term... All the time. I don't okay. know. If, I don't know if anyone else does, but I do think it's very descriptive of, yeah, of yeah, yeah. exactly what you want, which is you are. It's it's the thing that any marketer of a movie would be trying to put in the trailer, right? It's yep. like what is the what is the thing that's going to get me in to see this movie, and that's the entertainment hook. So if it's a horror movie, it's the 
the type of horror. It's the scariness of it. It's the mm-hmm. the jump scares or the or you know the dread or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. Um, so I think like when you are pitching to sell an idea just like if, you know, just like any product that you're marketing, you want to highlight the benefits of that product, right? Like if you're selling me a used car, you're not just going to put an ad out that says like used car for tires, right? You're going to tell me what type of car it is, that it has low mileage, that it's been well taken care of or whatever. So, um, that's a long roundabout way I think of drawing that parallel, but, but you know what I'm saying? It's you, you want to emphasize those entertainment hooks or those appealing features of the product that you're Mm -hmm. selling. And I think you can do that. Um, a lot of times you will launch into a pitch by trying to capitalize on some sort of emotion, whether that's, uh, you know, intrigue or, um, you know, connecting with us based on what connects you to the story, why you're interested in telling this story, or, Mm -hmm. you know, it could even be like how you came up with the idea, if it has some personal connection to you. So I think, um, you know, launching into a pitch based on that, some sort of emotional connection to it can be very effective. There's no hard and fast rule that says you have to do that, but that can be a good way to start a pitch. And then, and then I think you're doing a really good job about just sort of being like, here's the concept because hopefully your concept is going to have enough entertainment hook in it, right? Yeah, enough yeah, appeal yeah. that people are going to go, oh, that's intriguing. Tell me more. And then that's where you get into the, um, you know, here's the main character. This is sort of the journey that he goes on. This is the shape of the movie that you're getting. And, you know, and still trying to highlight those entertainment hooks along the way, right? Yes. Yeah. And I think, um, I th- first of all, entertainment hooks is a really good way to frame it because like there's, there's, uh, when you go into sell, you're trying to think of all your sales hooks, mm-hmm. but you're not selling the sale. You're selling the entertainment. So I, I do like that idea and I'm going to, um, I'm going to take it and call it my own and never give you credit for it. <laughs> go for it. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, what was, what was, what was the other thing on my mind? Capitalizing on emotion. That was the thing that kicked off the other thought in my head was when I start a script, it usually starts with a feeling and then I feel like I'm reverse engineering plot from that feeling. And then I feel like I'm reverse engineering trailer moments from that mm. plot. So it kind of feels like a third or fourth generation. Like it feels like a third generation, fourth generation copy. And there's a certain level of degradation that I feel like might be happening in there. That's, I'm just bearing in, my In your writing? Soul. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm, I'm jo- talking about the experience of pitching. I don't really know if there's a question mm. embedded in there. Mm-hmm. But I do. I do feel... What, and, and I think that's a weakness on my part uh, is is not being plot centric, but being feelings. And maybe I should be a novel writer and I've tried it, but I always just end up writing my novels in screenplay format. So, <laughs> well, I so I think just from what I've heard of your pitches, I don't it didn't occur to me that you are too focused on emotion or not focused on emotion enough. I think you do a good job of, and this I think speaks to the fact that you um, are having a lot of fun with the pitches that you're coming up with, right? Very fun. Yeah. So it, it's clear when you're pitching them, the things that you like about your ideas. And I think that's a good thing when you're pitching because you're basically looking to connect with someone else who likes those things too. And your enthusiasm for them and your passion for them goes a long way. I wonder... Another big question on my mind, and I think this might just be one that's cured with practice, is um, like I'm, I'm kind of a, a twitchy pitcher, as okay. evidenced in that sentence that you just heard. Go back 15 seconds and hear it again, and you'll see how there's a little start and stop in every thought I have. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to break that habit 
or maybe, I don't know. See, there's the twitchiness right there. Uh, but w- one of the things I'm trying to practice is, is how to get out of that. And I wonder, is that just saying the pitch over and over to yourself in the mirror before you tell it to someone else? Another thing is the reality of this program is like, I only have a week to prepare right, a exactly. full-blown feature. So exactly. there's only so much polish I can bring to the table. And I was going to say in your pitches, when you're, when you've been pitching your stories to me, I mm-hmm. haven't noticed a stutter or a start stop or anything like that. That is so odd. Cause I Do, feel like the twitchiest really? man on earth. Please continue. Well, no. So I was going to say, I think just by virtue of having worked out your pitch in, pitches in advance and being pretty familiar with them, you're able to pitch in a way that doesn't have that twitchy okay. quality that you're talking about. Cause I think that quality comes more when you're thinking on the fly. Right. So, which um, I cannot do very well. <laughs> well, and so there you go. So that, that I wonder if there's some twitchy. game we're going to get to that, that gets us to think on the fly a little better. Mm, if only we could come up with one. <laughs> All right. So I feel like, I feel like we, we hit on kind of some, some big things and I really do appreciate yeah. your kind of, your, your, uh, willingness to dive into these these questions that I have. I feel like I'm getting very, very focused one-on-one <laughs> consulting, and I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. uh, and I'm glad that we can give it out to, to all the diaspora yeah. of the internet. <laughs> For sure. Um, the game. You want to play some game? I am ready. Are you ready? That's the question. Never, but I'm jumping in with both feet on this one head okay. first. Do you yeah. want to explain the game? Yes. Okay. So what we've got is this bowl full of movie titles. Uh, for those of you keeping score at home, there's your image of it. Uh, yes, we do have a video maybe feed. Maybe um, feed. I and like what we're going to do <laughs> is pull two. Now, these are magnetic, so they stick together. You might get two automatically. What we're going to do is pull two and then try to pitch a film and maybe do a little bit of workshopping, a little bit of spitballing, a little bit of, hey, what if we tried na na na? Yeah. Um, and we got about five minutes for each one, and we'll see if we come up with any gold. And if we don't come up with any gold, at least we will come up with some entertainment yep. for those of you keeping <laughs> score at home. Uh, and I am flat out exhausted from pitching and pitching and pitching, so I'm going to give you the first Ooh, polls. I get to go first? Okay. Let's see here. You got one. I think I got two. Okay. So I have... <laughs> what have you got? That sounds encouraging. This is a tough, tough first go. So I have The Shining mm-hmm. and Lost in Translation. Well, boy, oh boy. <laughs> so romance okay. story between a 10 year old and an old hag in a bathtub. Okay. So here you go. Here is, here's, here's my movie that is The Shining meets Lost in Translation. So this is a movie about, um, an older man with a younger uh, companion who he has um, brought with him to Japan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and while there, he is um, so overwhelmed by everyone thinking that he's a famous American movie star mm-hmm. that he barricades himself in their hotel room and goes crazy and tries to kill her. <laughs> there you go. First question. Yeah. Have you been in any hotel rooms in Tokyo? No. It's going to be a very confined <laughs> set that you're working on. That's okay. Okay. So There you go. There's the idea. What do you think of it? Are you going to buy that one from me? I don't know if it's purchased ready. Don't okay. take that to heart. No let's problem. keep 
let's keep working on it. Why do people think, does he look like Tom Cruise or something? And how does this negatively affect him? Uh, the, the, wouldn't that be fun to be mistaken for a celebrity in Japan? Well, let's see. I think that he's not supposed to be in Japan with his mistress. Mm. And so it's, it's a problem for him to be recognized when actually he's not being recognized. He's being mistaken for somebody else, but he's showing up all over Instagram uh, okay. and maybe the TMZ picks it up and, and stuff like that. So he's worried that he's going to get found out with his affair, right? Was she an affair in the first? No. Okay. Okay. I'm adding that. Excellent. Excellent. I like that little <laughs> twist. Um, and she is a young, trying to find her way. Um, I don't know, doesn't really know what she wants to do with her life, has ended up in a relationship with this older man and mm-hmm. gone to Japan with him because it would be exciting and she gets to see the world. Uh, but she Has he been sponsoring other trips for her? I mean, is this a... I, I, let's say this is their first trip away together. Okay. And, and she is trying to convince herself that she's okay being in a relationship with a married man because she's young and she is trying to live life and experience the world. It's her meal ticket. Yes, exactly. And, and you know, and, she's, and she's trying to get experiences because that's what you do in your 20s, right? Yes. And so they go to Japan and then all hell breaks loose in their relationship because he is, uh, you know, afraid of being found out and he's not wanting to take her out and fulfill all the promises that he made to her of showing her Japan and or Tokyo. And <laughs> is she our, is she our lead? Uh, she is our hero. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because he's going like to go crazy. Yeah. It, it would be a lot of hard work to get the audience to be yes. on his side at this I point. Agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, so he's going to go crazy. Okay. Uh, basically growing paranoia as people are taking pictures of him, um, growing paranoia over being found out. And then that, I think eventually there will be a tipping point where it's not just like, I'm going to be found out, but these people are coming after me. They're persecuting me. They're trying to get me or whatever. And then barricades himself in the hotel room. Let's say that's the midpoint. Okay. And, okay. And then, um, why is she not going for help outside? That's a good question. Yes. If I had more than two are minutes to think about this, or yeah, I'm going to they- say Tokyo. They could be up in Sapporo or I down in Kyushu. I don't know Japan at all. There, like, so. there, are some, there are some remote islands with okay. some so maybe, oh, beautiful resorts that so, are very empty sometimes. So maybe they start out in Tokyo mm-hmm. and then maybe that's the midpoint is he's like, I can't take the big city anymore. Let's get out of here. They go to this remote resort and then that's where it becomes clear that his mental state has actually totally deteriorated. And that's where we get the, you know lock into the room yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and she's trying to figure out what to do because she doesn't want to cause a big scene or get left in Japan without any way home. And so then he starts trying to kill her. Okay. I, I think that's act three is he's trying to kill her and she's trying to escape. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Cool. <laughs> uh, I am not invested in this idea. So if you would like to, if you would like to take this and write it, feel is free. That, is if that you want an to open invitation to our listening audience or to me? <laughs> That's to everyone. Okay. I am, I, I am not putting my writer dibs okay. as my friend Valerie would say, I'm not putting my writer dibs on this one. Okay. Well, I'm we'll leave it open for okay. the listening audience. There you go. Hopefully somebody will write it and send it in. Not, not the easiest combo. Let me see what True. I, what I can squeeze out of here. Holy moly. This doesn't even make sense. The Truman Show and Romeo and Juliet. Wow. So, mm-hmm. there are two directions you could go. And there's the first, which is uh, 
two houses alike in Disney dignity, the, the Jersey Shore and MTV's The Real World <laughs> is where we set our scene. <laughs> nice. Um, I like it already. And a forbidden romance between the two. But what I'd like to do, I'd like to go the the, the messier route of uh, like uh, the, the folks in a cage forced to eat, forced to couple. Like mm. I, I like the dome of the, yeah. of I mean, like they got good in, in Truman Show, but like, let's just go straight Biodome on this. I sure. think Polly Shore is the, the go-to <laughs> for a cinema. But okay, so there's, there's an, encaged, an enclosed center where there is a, a reality show being filmed. Um, I reckon there's no way out. I don't know. And do they know they're on a program? Yes, they know they're on a program, but it is a reality show. It's not a narrative. Like the Truman Show is supposed to be a narrative mm-hmm. sitcom mm-hmm. with one guy who didn't know he was in a narrative mm-hmm. sitcom. But this is a straight up reality show like Jersey Shore or Real yeah. World. Um, in a bubble. In a bubble. Set in a bubble. No way out. Um, what? I don't know. It just gets really lame from there. Like there's two competing sides and then the romance blossoms between the two competing sides. Yeah. I think that that becomes a pretty, you know, what's, what's, what's interesting, I think. And what's funny about this game is like, if you can pull out those sort of archetypal things that are, that exist in stories, Mm -hmm. I I certainly didn't do this with my pitch, but, but I think that like, yeah, Romeo and Juliet set in a reality show in a bubble is sort of the pitch for that. Right. It's like, so it's kind of Lord of the Flies ish. Like you get a group of people and then they form two factions Mm -hmm. and then, um, there's a, you know, a forbidden romance between the two of them. And I don't know, everybody dies. (laughs) That's, that's the end of all my movies. (laughs) Oh, I love that ending. And I think people are too scared to do that ending because nobody wants to see that movie. Right. <laughs> but what would what would the reality show be? I think it all hinges on on whether or not the, the program is believable. Mm. Um, and why would they be in a dome? Well, you know, what's interesting. Um, this I'm probably getting all the details wrong about this, mm-hmm. but you know how they're training to um, have like a mission to Mars. Yes. And those people are living in they're not in a bubble, but they're like in the desert. No, they're in Hawaii, I think. Is that right? I think they're living in Hawaii right now, but they have like yes, this confined yes, yes, space yes, 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 of where, where they're practicing what it would be right. like to live for a year without right. any content, like in, yeah. in a Mars type environment. Right. So it could be something like that. Like maybe it's reality show, but it's sort of like smart people and scientists and stuff who are training for something else. Yes. yes. And then you get smart people doing stuff to each other, which is probably yes. more interesting. Do you, do you feel like that? Um, when people do, when, this is what bugged me in, in Interstellar was people doing irrational things under the auspice of love. And oh, was that the part about Interstellar that bothered you? <laughs> <laughs> but it always feels—I'm not a fan. <laughs> it, it always feels paper thin when you get like the—they show the, they make movies about the most intelligent scientists in the world, and then they right. fall in love and betray everything they've spent their entire life building. Yeah. Just because they wanted, like, oh, no, we can't leave him. Be- no, 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 no. The only way they're, uh, the only way they're qualified for the job that they're doing is if they would absolutely, at the drop of a pin, leave that person right. behind, knowing that the mission would be compromised. It always gets under my skin. Yeah, I think that that is. Um a less extreme version of what I was talking about, about killing everyone at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And you were in your comment about people don't want to see that is like, we, we, I think we're fascinated by the dilemma of like, what would I do in that situation? You want to be faithful to your mission, but you 
don't want to leave a man behind, you know, you want to like the humanity in you is like, you want to save the other person. Yeah. Right. I'm never conflicted. <laughs> Not even in the least when I'm watching those. That movies. says a lot about you. Uh, <laughs> that's unfortunately. part of the psychopath test actually. <laughs> But that's why are they there if not to do their job? Right. Uh, Anyway, I'm going to go back to the Jersey Shore meets uh, real world and then fall in love. And it's messy. There you go. It's It's crazy. It's a new reality show where they're combining those two in a bubble. Yeah. That's believable. It actually is. (laughs) It actually confining the Jersey Shore and real world in one. Yes. In in a town, in a fake town. Yep. And seeing just uh, where the alcohol is free. (laughs) Yes. It would get so messy. That's what I'm pitching. The and, name of that reality show is Drinks Are Free. <laughs> and I'm pitching it as a mockumentary nice. in the style of Christopher Guest. And actually, I think we have a hit right now. There you go. I mean, I would probably watch that movie. So that I think you could get a lot of subversive commentary <laughs> in there. All right. One more. Yep. One more for you and then one more for me. Okay. Thank, thank you for, for workshopping that. I did not have much going on yeah. on my pitch. And I feel like you. you I think it's fun. Brought okay. a lot. Okay. What have you got? <laughs> Here we go. Maybe I should pitch it to you and you should try to guess what the movies are. Let's do it. And okay. I'll do the same for you on, okay. on my next one. Okay. This story is about a high school kid who moves mm-hmm. to a new town where he's a little bit of an outsider, not just because he's new, but he just doesn't kind of fit in with the kids in this town. Um, and he's, he, you know, wants to fit in, but he's getting bullied. Um, and so his, he's feeling sort of desperate. So in a bid to try to make the best of the situation and maybe find some social acceptance, he, um, starts dressing like a woman and I know one of them (laughs) and entering tournaments as a woman, um, competing against, (laughs) I'm trying to, this is all off this the top of my a, head. Whatever the second one is, this is a very strange poll. <laughs> um, so he's, so he's entering tournaments. He's entering, he's entering walk-offs where the tournament is who has the better runway walk. And at a high school, he's, he's a high school kid, but it's not in, in okay, high school. Okay. Um, but so he's dressing. No, I take that back. That's a, that's a terrible version of this. Okay. So high school kid, new town wants to fit in, getting bullied, starts dressing as a woman. And as a woman, he, um, he enters beauty pageants so that he can try to gain some acceptance. Um, but he can't decide if his talent is playing a musical instrument or karate. So he combines them and he does karate demonstrations that are also musical involving okay. musical instruments. And, uh, unfortunately the, the kid who's mainly bullying him doesn't want this kid to get any glory. And so he starts dressing like a woman and entering these contests as well. And they end up having a battle, a final battle where they have a talent off and even though our kid is doing karate and musical <laughs> instruments and it's very difficult and he injures himself, he still, he still pulls out that final move and he, wins the tournament. Does, does he hit the other guy in the face with a flute, even though the announcer <laughs> says that you are not allowed to smack people in the face with a flute? Sure. Okay. I think I know what movies these are. And that is clearly the most absurd version of this mashup <laughs> okay. that I could come up with. Uh, what do you think they are? I I would I would put money on the Karate Kid plus uh, Some Like It Hot. You would be correct. <laughs> Good guess. Good um, guess. 
<laughs> that again, I have no investment in that idea. Please <laughs> feel free. free for the diaspora. <laughs> yes. That one is even more free. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> is there anything we can do to clean it up a little yeah, bit? What, is, what would you, what I mean, do you think would be the better version of the combination of those two movies? I mean, the kind of iconic elements that I was pulling from were like men dressing as women mm-hmm. and, and karate and being bullied. Those are kind of the things that come to mind immediately when I think of those movies, but well, there, there might be some, some silly, not silly, but there might be some social commentary we can tuck in there. How, um, I, like what if he starts cross-dressing and he becomes more popular because they see it as like, he marches mm. to the beat of his own drum. Like there was that yeah. photo of Kurt Cobain in the dress. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's so cool because he wore a dress and didn't even care. Yeah, I like that. Like he starts cross-dressing for his own purposes, but then it becomes this sort of like symbol of empowerment yeah. or something. And then what if the empowerment becomes disproportionate to his actual ability and he feels that he is a phony baloney? Mm. Um, I don't know how we're going to work the karate in there. Yeah, but, um, it's very difficult. Um, and what if what if his rival is actually, uh, uh, it's in high school, so it's entirely plausible that there's a transgender student who doesn't know that he is transgender yet, or mm-hmm. she is transgender, like mm-hmm. coming to terms with it and seeing this other guy use what is the most hurting part of, of the transgender student's heart for like a flashy whiz bang show to get friends and popularity. And there could be, I don't know if it ends in a physical conference, a physical tournament, but but there could certainly be a lot of, a lot of pathos there and a lot of, a lot of intense. That definitely brings a a more genuine emotional component to it, I think. So yeah, if I had to do some like it hot in a high school bullying environment, that, that is the route, but I do like the idea of the music karate (laughs) tournament. (laughs) Uh, yeah. <laughs> so good job. Okay. I, last, I think, last one. I, I, I am seeing the value in this game. You know, I was a little skeptical at the top, but <sighs> let's see what I can come up with. Last one for the diaspora. Uh, you want to pick, you pick two and give them to me. I don't, I don't know. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm not looking at them because I'm, okay. I'm going to guess them later. All right. One. There's one. And let's see if you are a saint. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> this all right, let's see if you can guess them. Okay. Um, a, a reporter is going to cover the uh, the the like Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. But uh, gets it's like an induction ceremony, and uh, <laughs> this doesn't even make sense. The party gets out of control and all the rock and rollers are murderous monsters that try to kill him. And he has to escape from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and write an article for Rolling Stone about it. Wow. Um, well, I definitely have one of them, but I'm trying to think of what the other what one is. What do you is. think the one is? Almost Famous. Absolutely. Almost Famous is is half of it. And then the other one I'm trying to think of, like, mur- murderous hordes? No, no, oh. no. Think more like a, a, a entertainment that turns on its audience. <laughs> entertainment that turns on its audience. And you can imagine maybe his editor saying before the show, like, we are going to see some, uh, some uh, rock stars on this uh, rock star tour. I'm, I'm sure this... I'm going to kick myself when you tell me, but I can't think of, of what that is. 
giving me. <laughs> that was my best Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Oh. <laughs> That's great. I can't believe you didn't you didn't pick up that that was supposed to be Jeff Goldblum. So almost famous plus Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, uh, we can go any direction other than the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Here's a pitch for you. Hit me. So, um, so a an an island of amusement, sort of, it, sort of like Jurassic Park, right? But we'll just call it like a Disney World on an island, right? Mm-hmm. A um, a you know a sort of already turned the corner uh, rock band has been hired as a, as entertainment for 4th of July weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, they show up on the Island and maybe a, maybe instead of dinosaurs, we won't rip that off totally, yeah. but instead of dinosaurs, maybe and some sort of outbreak happens and uh, the, the very calm and uh, docile animals that are that populate the island oh, become like rabies type thing. Yeah, Not, become like yeah. you know attacking and vicious. And the but the but our main characters are the rock band who uh-huh. who are who prior to this they were they were kind of getting over the hill and they were feeling like oh, is it all over? Should we just give it up? Like is it even worth living anymore? And they're fighting for their lives. Yes, and I got to be honest. This sounds like a <laughs> like a. a, a groovy monster mystery type thing. Like I'm just imagining them running around in, in uh, uh, Scooby-Doo fashion. I like the and idea then, of like aging rockers in spandex having to fight off furry little vicious animals. Like so this panicula. would be like poison or something. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm thinking. Okay. Okay. Now it's coming together. Is, is this more comedy than like almost famous is yeah, very heartbreaking. Sure. Sure. This is more silly. I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I mean those, that's the easy pitch for me okay. is like, if you go the absurd, kind of like ridiculous route but um but i think you could make this a horror movie like a genuine horror movie i, I don't see the drama in this concept of this mashup right but i do think um you could go scary with well, like hot still- tub time machine like trying to reclaim their youth or something like sure. that 40 year old virgin yeah. like there's a lot of that we're over the hill and yeah. we still got a party somehow <laughs> and Oh, that's another. I'm, I'm not even going to pitch the other thing because I have to save that for an actual pitch okay. that I'm going to do one day because it's a good pitch. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. But I kind of like, I actually kind of like the idea of a, um, you know, heroes who are, who are going to this island maybe a little bit reluctantly. It's not mm-hmm. their dream gig, right? Because yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. saw themselves as actual legitimate musicians at one point. Is that you? I don't think so. Do you make noise? I don't think so. It's not me. That's very odd. <laughs> you can cut all this, right? Yep. Um, oh. So you, anyway, they, they're thinking of themselves as legitimate musicians. Um, they take this gig, which just sort of drives one of the nails in the coffin. Right. Mm-hmm. And then once they get there, it's sort of that, um, that, uh, lethal weapon arc that Danny Glover in lethal weapon thing, right. Where he's over the hill. He's, he's like facing retirement and then he has to sort of reclaim his will to live. <laughs> What? There's got to be some good twist on the I'm getting too old for this shit. Like, finally, <laughs> I'm not too old for this shit. Right. Like, they get they, they want to be young again. Yeah. Like, they want to be in a, in yep. a, a bang-up adventure on an island fighting yeah. rabid bunnies. <laughs> okay. So there you go. I, okay. I which, Of these four, mm-hmm. which do you think was the home run? Um, the closest to a home run. The closest to a home run. Um... Hmm. Well, definitely not the Karate Kid, Some Like It Hot mashup. That, okay. I think, it was tough for me to wrap my brain around. I think the the sort of clearest pitch, uh-huh. you know, the, the one that you, you 
kind of instantly get is the Romeo and Juliet in a reality show bubble. That um, also feels sellable because mockumentary is so cheap. Like mm-hmm. it's not going to break the bank right. to, to do. Yeah. And I actually like your, your ter- twist on it of making it like in the vein of Christopher Guest, that makes it appealing to me because I think skewering that world kind of like in the style that he does is, is fun and interesting. One thing to watch out for though, is leaning on that style. Cause it's sure. so reliable. Sure. I feel like it's easy to take any pitch. This is just a warning to myself and be like, well, what if it's a mockumentary, it'll be great. Right. And you just get some good, whoever is good at improv, whoever's yeah. coming up as a comedian, you give them their feature and, yeah. and it ends up being a classic. So wait, well, why fight momentum? It works. The formula works. <laughs> so that's that's the takeaway from this episode is just do the formula, guys, and you'll be fine. Good, yeah. Fun uh, game, right? Are we? I think we're good for this episode. Like I said, this was going to be a lighter one, much less yes, much less heavy lifting on yeah. this one. Yeah. And I'd like to. Can I ask your permission? I'd like to sure. do this once every four episodes so that I can just have some some breathing room. Yeah, to, of course. To, we may play this game. We may come up with another game. But I think a, a fun game to generate ideas is always yeah, a good idea. Yeah, something, and also to just to give get you a break. A break <laughs> it takes time. Right. It takes. It does. Time. It totally does. I'm I learning. mean, coming up with pitches and like developing the story to the point that you can pitch the whole thing and sort of pitch it fluently and confidently is a job in itself. So let's, let's, uh, next week come back for a fully developed, really, uh, hopefully good pitch. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I'm, I'm Jesse Kester. You can find me at uh, sunshine. Forget that one. Hollywoodfishbowl.com is the place to be. If you want to see me, we <laughs> Naomi, have you got uh, anything? Yes. I'm, I'm Naomi Beatty and you can find me at writeandco.com or on Facebook. If you're on Facebook in my, in my screenwriting group called screenplay lab. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.